Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 12 of the Anxiety Rx podcast. I know, I know it has taken me so long to get back to this. My mother broke two hips, and we have a new puppy, and I have so many things to do these days. But I'm not anxious. Surprisingly, I'm not anxious. That's the difference between now and, say, five years ago. Five years ago, I would have been ruminating, and just my body would have been in alarm, and I would have just stayed there the whole time. And now I'm able to see it with a lot more clarity, I guess. And I'm not in survival brain, so I'm in, I'm in growth. I'm in the ability to sort of take in all the trauma that's going on around me right now and not allow it to send me into survival, send me into alarm. I can stay in my body. I can stay connected to myself. And I should probably introduce myself. I'm Dr. Russ Kennedy. I'm a medical doctor who struggled with anxiety for many, many years and found a way out. And now I'm sharing that with other people, as many as I possibly can, under the brand name The Anxiety MD. That's my little AKA, Dr. Russ Kennedy, The Anxiety MD. And today, I want to talk about how we people with anxiety and alarm don't see the safety that's around us. We see threat, preferentially. And I'm not saying that we consciously prefer threat, but I think there is a familiarity in threat and a certain, dare I say, comfort in threat because it was so familiar when we were younger. And when you're younger, you equate familiarity with security. That's just what human beings do. So if something was familiar to you in childhood, you are more likely to replicate that unconsciously, automatically, in adulthood. For me, chaos was normal. I didn't know when my father was going to go depressed or manic or psychotic or whatever. So I was always hypervigilant. I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop and kind of see, watch him really carefully to see and, and always perceive threat. There'd be times where he'd be kind of happy and I'd go, oh my God, he's going manic or kind of sad and I think, oh my God, he's going depressed. And really he was just experiencing the normal gamut of human emotion. But for me, I made it into a threat. I made it into something that could be potentially dangerous and chaotic. And then that chaos spilled into my adult life and I created chaos in my relationships. I created chaos in my career. I created chaos all over the place. And it wasn't overt, you know, I would just take on too much work and that would just create the chaos that I was familiar with. And I don't know what your particular, you know, soup du jour was for your childhood, but there's a good chance that you're replicating what was familiar to you in childhood in your adulthood. You know, I do have patients that I can really point to and go, yeah, that patient had an alcoholic father and she keeps picking alcoholic partners. It's just one of those things that that is just so automatic and it's so ingrained in us that we just do it without even thinking about it. And that automatic, the automaticity of it is seductive. And we just keep doing it because we equate that old familiarity with security. So we keep doing things that are the worst thing for us, trying and believing that it's helping us. So I, I wrote a post recently about... People with anxiety see the world like a type of sunscreen where they they ignore 99% of the safety in the world and they preferentially look for threats. You know, 
and it cre- it gives them a lot of anxiety, or you know, as I like to call it, alarm. You know me by now that I prefer the term alarm to anxiety, because I prefer the term alarm because that's what it is. It's a physiological alarm that's in your body, and, and the mind just reads it. The mind, being a meaning making, make sense machine reads the alarm that's in your body and that alarm has been there since you were a child typically can be from ptsd as an adult but typically as a child you have trauma and that trauma gets stuffed down into your body and it stays there and it just creates this resonating energy and your mind is a make sense meaning making machine and it reads that energy and it says wow we have to make a negative story out of this negative feeling and that's exactly what it does and that's what it creates worries And it creates worries, typically, that are very consistent with your childhood. For me, illness was a familiar pattern in my childhood. So I created illness worries in my adulthood. And I think a lot of people with health anxiety had a sick parent. I think that's that's kind of par for the course, is that if you had a sick parent, you get a little more than just paranoid about becoming ill yourself. So... When we're in alarm, our brain and body move into survival, and we preferentially look for threat and actually ignore the cues of safety that are all around us. And this focus on threat when we're in survival mode is just how we're wired. It's, it's, it's wiring us in that way because it perceives that that kept us safe when we were younger. It kept us safe to be hypervigilant. But really, it just wears us out. And then... Whatever you focus on, you get more of. That's a tenet of neuroscience is whatever you focus on, consciously or unconsciously, you will get more of that. So if you focus on threat, if you focus on things going wrong, you will see more threat and you will see more things going wrong. Regardless of the amount of threat or things going wrong in your external reality, because you've primed your brain from childhood to look for threat, you will preferentially see threat even when it's not there. Because most of us spent, you know, most of us with anxiety spent much of our childhood in survival mode. So we essentially and relentlessly teach our minds to focus on threat. We actually develop a comfort in constantly looking for threats because it's so familiar. So whatever you focus on, you get more of. If you focus on threat, you'll get more threat. You'll perceive more threat regardless of how much threat is actually in your environment. So see if you can focus on the cues of safety that are in your environment. Make the intention every morning when you wake up or whatever, brush your teeth, to see that you're actually safe. You can say to yourself, I am safe in this moment. Look at yourself right in the eyes in the mirror and say, I am safe in this moment. Regardless of what my mind is doing to me, regardless of what my mind is going off and saying, well, this could happen and that could happen. I sure, I sure hope that my computer gets fixed and I sure hope that this doesn't happen or I catch up on my emails or whatever it is. You know, you can really see that in that moment, you're actually safe. And then go into sensation. Go into your body. Put your hand on your chest. Really connect with that sensation because sensation brings you into the moment. That ego protection, that that old ego reaction of trying to keep you safe by being hypervigilant has no life in the present moment. And sensation brings you into the present moment. The ego only has life in the past, in your past traumas, when it takes you in there, or in your future perceptions and projections of worries. 
That's the only place the ego has life. The ego does not have any life in the present. So it doesn't want you to stay in the present. That's why the ego wants to keep you in the past. It wants to keep you in the future, not because it wants to hurt you, but it's really this strange way of trying to keep you safe. And it keeps you safe by keeping you in the familiar. And if the familiar is threat, then it just keeps you in familiar threat. And then you just keep seeing threat everywhere, consciously and unconsciously. You may not be driving down the street and go, oh my God, I hope I don't get into a car accident. But unconsciously, your mind is working on, oh, this could go wrong. Christmas dinner could go wrong. All this stuff could go wrong. And that's focusing on threat. And we need to interrupt that program. And the way we do that is we get into the present moment. We get into the sensation of our body because the sensation brings you into the moment. You have no choice but to feel in the moment that you're in. And the ego has no life in the past, where your traumas are, or the future, where your worries are. So it doesn't want you to stay in the present. So it will do everything it can to put you into a state of survival that will make you focus on threat, which won't allow you to actually see the safety that's all around you, which is basically what the post was, that, that we just don't see the safety because we haven't trained our brains to see it. So that's what it comes down to, really, is focus on safety. Focus on the amount of time that you're safe during the day when you're going in, into the bathroom, look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm safe right now. As much as my body feels a bit of alarm and, and I'm telling myself all these stories, but I'm actually really safe right now. When you wake up in the morning, put your hand on your chest, really affirm that you're actually safe. You are safe in this moment. And the more you affirm that you are safe, the more your unconscious mind will start looking for cues of safety. And the flip side of that is the more that you focus on threat, unconsciously or consciously, the more threat you'll see. And it doesn't even have to be more threat in your environment. Your mind will make up threats. Your mind will make up worries that create that threat because it feels comfortable in that old childhood worry pattern because that's what was comfortable for you back then. And I put comfortable in quotation marks. It was familiar for you back then. So what's familiar in childhood, we automatically replicate in adulthood. So I'd ask you, what was familiar to you in your childhood? You know, was abuse, was abandonment, was rejection. And ask yourself, where do I abuse myself? Where do I abandon myself? Where do I reject myself? Where do I keep doing the same thing that happened to me when I was younger? How do I keep doing that to myself? And how do I stop seeing the signs of safety that are really all over if we choose to look for them? But we really need to make that conscious, aware choice to start looking for safety. And the ego will retaliate when you start doing that because the ego perceives that we have to look for threat. We have to see threat. If we don't see threat, we're going to get blindsided, which is basically what happened to you as a child. But it's a very bad strategy as an adult. It's a very bad strategy because you just focus on what could go wrong. And when things are going right... <laughs> It's like, in my mind, I go, things are going too right. This is too good. Something's going to happen. Something's going to screw up. And that's just what happens to us if we train our minds to be hypervigilant and look for threat and not allow ourselves to see the safety that's there. And I probably told this story before, but I had a patient who hated flying. And he had to fly at the end of the month. And he was paranoid every day for that month that the plane was going to crash and all the stories that 
involve plane crashes and him dying and all that kind of thing would, would rattle around in his head day after day after day. And then he got back, he saw me, and I said, well, clearly the plane landed safely. And he said, yeah, yeah, but I have this dentist thing coming up in six weeks. And I have to get a root canal and I have to get this and that. And So basically what the guy did was basically every day, I don't know if I can say basically anymore, every day he would focus on threat. Every day he would focus on threat. So he never actually gave his brain and body a chance to feel safe. And I understand why we do it because when we're younger and we felt safe, we often did get blindsided. You know, my dad would go crazy or manic or depressed or whatever. That would happen. But we're not children anymore. We have a lot more agency in our world than we think we do. And it's really making that focus on what is safe, what feels good. It's safe to feel safe. I have a a chapter in my book that says when it's not safe to feel safe. And so many of us anxious people have that feeling that it's not safe when something feels good, when something feels calm. We're like, we're always waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I'm telling you that we don't have to anymore. We're not in that environment anymore. So it's really important to focus on as many cues of safety and love and connection that we can get. And mindfulness is certainly helpful with that. But mindfulness brings you into that present moment state, which is great. But when you're in that present moment state, really focus on the fact that you're really safe. Like if you're having your salad for dinner or you're having something to eat that you really love, like sit there with it and really enjoy the sensation of it. And in that sensation, really say, you know, I can really enjoy this because I feel perfectly safe right now. And really, throughout your day, focus on the times where you feel safe. Focus on the times in your body when you don't feel alarmed, when you don't feel survival. Because it's there. It really is there, even though we don't tend to see it because we focus on the negative. We have this fear bias, we focus on the negative, and when the negative comes up, it's like, aha, I knew you were coming, this is, this is basically just what we do. But we don't actually focus on our bodies when our bodies are feeling safe. So this is all I'm saying, is to really start looking at the cues of safety that are there. And the more you focus on the cues of safety, the more you'll see them. And the more you'll see them, the more you feel safe. And the more you feel safe, the more you give yourself permission, your body permission to calm down and not be so vigilant because you're not back there anymore. You're not a child anymore. You're not in that situation anymore. So I think I'm going to wrap that up for the week. Look for the cues of safety in your environment and tell yourself every day, I'm safe right now. Am I safe in this moment? Middle of the day, middle of the night. Am I safe in this moment? And don't believe everything you think. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me.